church, amen, is going up. Praise God. I said the church is going up. Jesus, he said, as it was in the days of Lot, as it was in the days of Noah. And we, a lot of times we get focused on the signs of the times and everything that's going on. And I, I believe that that's very much part of what Jesus was saying in these verses. But when did God save his people from the destruction? He saved them before the destruction happened. And so church, it's time to get ready to go. Hallelujah. Amen. This, this world's on a collision course with the word of God. Amen. Prophecies being fulfilled. Amen. It's going to take one pull of the trigger. Amen. There'll be the shot that's heard around the world. Amen. And this whole world will be fighting. Amen. There'll be wars, rumors of wars. Amen. Famines, pestilence, earthquakes in diverse places. But the church is getting out of here. Hallelujah. I said the church is getting out of here. Hallelujah. But if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you. Amen. What spirit is that? It's the Holy Ghost spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. If it dwells in you. Hallelujah. Amen. It says that same spirit is going to get you out of this world. Amen. The same spirit that gave Jesus resurrection power. Amen. Jesus Christ is resurrection power. Amen. It's going to be our resurrection power. Amen. I'm going up. I said I'm going up. Hallelujah. Praise God in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. Praise God. You're going to see me one second and the next second I'm going to be gone. You say, hey, where's pastor at? He's playing games. Oh, no, I'm serious. I, I went to heaven. Oh, praise God. I said, I'm going to heaven. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Revelation chapter 7, verse 13. One of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? Where did they come from? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. It is an amazing how that when we get baptized in Jesus' name, amen, that we get the blood applied. Amen. And when you get the blood applied, how red blood, amen, cleanses us from black sin. Amen. It makes our robe white. Hallelujah. Amen. Another portion of the Word of God says that He's coming back for people who have made themselves ready. Amen. Who have washed their robes and made them white. Amen. Spotless. Hallelujah. Amen. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. He that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb, everyone say the Lamb, which is in the midst of the throne, shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of water, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Let's ask God to help us tonight. 
Lord, I thank you for your precious name, the name that's above every name, and we call upon the name of Jesus. God, I ask you tonight to do a miracle in this house. God, I ask you tonight that those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, God, that you would fill them with your spirit. Hallelujah. Oh, God, I ask that you would stir the waters of baptism again tonight. Oh, God, I thank you, Lord, for washing away our sins. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I praise your name, Lord, in Jesus' name. Praise God. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Tonight, I'm going to preach, and when I start, you'll think, well, you're talking about two different subjects, but really, I'm not. Amen. It is an amazing thing how that the Word of God is completely tied together. Amen. You cannot have a part. You cannot have a portion. You cannot have the Old Testament only. You cannot have the New Testament only. Amen. But it's every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And so tonight my title, title is, Where is the Lamb? Where is the Lamb? And I want to start tonight by talking about a subject that a subject matter that includes the Lamb much of the time because we understand in the Word of God that the Lamb is a sacrifice. Amen. And so we look at the Word of God and we find a story. And I will not dwell long upon any story. And I apologize if, if you do not know or understand these stories in their fullness, but stick around and you will. Hallelujah. Amen. But we read a story in the book of First Kings uh, about a man by the name of Elijah. And Elijah, he was the prophet that God had sent to a people who had forsaken God, who had turned their back on their God that saved them out of Egypt and saved them from a life uh, that was very, uh, uh, they were slaves uh, they were in bondage, a life that was very pitiful and very heinous and very uh, uh, murderous. They would kill them and they would beat them. And uh, this people, God had delivered them. But many years later, we find the story that they had started following the God of Baal. And Elijah came to them and he said, hey, we're going to have a contest on Mount Carmel. And this contest that's going to happen will be between the prophets of Baal and our God. And we will serve the God that answers by fire. Amen. And we know that in this story there's a lot to it. But in the end, the fire of God fell in 1 Kings 18 and 38, and consumed the burnt sacrifice uh, and the wood and the stones and the dust uh, and licked up the water that was in the trench. That day God answered by fire. And uh, we, we know that God has chosen fire to reveal himself uh, in many different ways to his people. Amen. God has not chosen uh, the things of this world to reveal himself in. Uh, 
amen, on a personal relationship with you, amen, because he has chosen fire to reveal himself through. Praise God. Jeremiah 20 and 9, Jeremiah then said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. But he said his words were in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. You can try to contain a fire. Amen. I'm talking about a hot fire. You can try to contain it. You can try to put it out in your life. You can try to cover it up. Amen. But Jeremiah said it didn't work for me. He was angry with the people of God. And he said, I'm not going to even speak about that precious name that saved us. He said, I refuse. But he said it was like a fire, burning fire shut up in my bones. Come on. I've been preaching to you tonight. I'm preaching to you tonight. Amen. That God is like a fire and you can't stop that fire in your life. You can't stop that fire. Amen. That has started burning inside of you. You've got to let it consume you. You've got to say yes Lord. You've got to say here I am because the fire of the Holy Ghost will radically and totally transform your walk with God. We find the first mention of fire in the Bible. And uh, uh, there's a lot to be said about the first mention of fire. And, and I was surprised about uh, uh, that mention. And the first time we read the word fire in the word of God uh, is when God reigned uh, fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah. I, I was shocked. I thought, no, surely, hey man, there's a place where it talked about the sacrifice that Cain and Abel, hey man, offered to God that they brought fire to the altar, but it doesn't mention it. Can I tell you that the fire, the judgment fire that God poured out on Sodom and Gomorrah, hey man, he did it for a reason because he said, I'm not going to tolerate that perversion in the world. Oh, I'm telling you today, that same God that destroyed it, amen, then he's going to pour judgment out on this world again. He's going to pour, pour out judgment again upon this world because of their refusal, amen, to obey the voice of God. Come on, I'm reaching for you tonight. Abraham prayed and he said, God, he said, if there's five just people in Sodom and Gomorrah, he said, will you save the city? But there wasn't enough to save the city. The second mention of fire in the word of God, and this did not surprise me. But the second mention of fire in the word of God is when a man and his son by the name of Abraham and Isaac, they were going to worship. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. They were, you know, can I just stop and say before I relate this story to you, 
is that you cannot worship God without a sacrifice. You can't worship God without a sacrifice in your life. You say, oh, I'm just going to come and clap my hands and I'm going to dance and do a little foot pad up here and that's all well and good. But where's the sacrifice? Hey, man, where's that sacrifice? Hey, man, where's that lamb? Hey, man, there's going to be the sacrifice. Oh, I'm preaching to you tonight that when we worship God, we've got to bring a sacrifice but we find this man Abraham and Isaac Uh, this son Isaac was his second son the first son his name was Ishmael and Ishmael amen had been sent away with his mother because she was the bond woman from Egypt and it was not God's plan for Abraham and Sarah to have their first son by a bond woman because God does not work through bondage. He works through the miraculous. And he told Abraham and Sarah, he said, you're going to have a son about the time of life. And sure enough, Abraham was almost 100. Amen. And Sarah was 90. Amen. And nine months later, here come a bouncing baby boy. Amen. Oh, thank God for the miraculous in our life. Amen. God wants the miraculous in your life. I want to ask you a question. Do you want the miraculous in your life? Do you want God to do miracles in your life? Do you want God to do the great things that he's promised he would do in your life? The boy grew. Some say he was 30. Some say he was 40, but nonetheless, the Word of God tells us that he was big enough to lay the wood upon and carry the wood. So he was by no means a child. Maybe he was a teenager, but they were going up into the mountains to worship God. They were going into the mountain to do what God had commanded Abraham to do. And Abraham knew that he was going to sacrifice his son. He was going to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. His only son that God had given him. He was going into the mountain to sacrifice that son. And Isaac and Abraham were walking up that mountain together. And Isaac said to Abraham, he said, my father, and he said, here I am. He said, behold the fire and behold the wood. But he said, where is the lamb for the sacrifice? And Abraham made the prophetic utterance of Jesus Christ. He said, Isaac, he said, God will provide himself a sacrifice. God will provide himself a lamb 
for the sacrifice. And I tell you tonight, amen, that the fire is here. Amen, the sacrifice. Amen, God is waiting on you. Amen, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourself a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Come on, I'm preaching to you. There's some fire in the house. Amen. There's some wood for the sacrifice. Where's the lamb? I said, where's the lamb? I'm going to worship. I'm going to worship. The angel of the Lord appeared to Abraham in a flame of fire. Can I tell you tonight, amen, please quiet the children. Amen. Uh, teach them, amen, that it's right to be quiet while the man of God's preaching. Amen. But can I tell you tonight, amen, that as we talk about this fire, amen, that God reveal, has revealed himself time and again, time and again, over and through fire. Oh, I'm preaching to you tonight, amen, that God is still going to reveal himself in fire, amen, and that the Holy Ghost is here. The Holy Ghost is being poured out, amen, and God, as he revealed himself, amen, to Moses, he's gonna reveal himself to you. Oh, I'm preaching church, I'm preaching, amen, friend of apostolic faith tabernacle, it's time to get the fire. It's time to get the fire back in our lives. Amen, you can't live without the fire. You can't live without the Holy Ghost. If you try to live without the Holy Ghost, amen, the fire of God will leave your life. Jesus said, you better hear me tonight. Jesus said that there was a cry at midnight. There was a cry at midnight. And he said, behold, the bridegroom cometh. The bridegroom's coming. He said, go you out to meet him. Go you out to meet him. And there was five wives and five foolish virgins. And the five foolish virgins said to the wise, they said, give us of your oil, for the oil in our lamps has gone out. Can anybody tell me why you put oil in a lamp? It's so that a fire can burn. It's so that a fire a man can be lit and that it would give light to all that are in the house. Oh, I didn't come tonight, amen, to 
scratch your ears. I didn't come tonight to make you feel comfortable in the house of God. You say, Pastor, this should be, I believe that. It's a place of peace. It's a place of safety. But tonight there's a clarion call going out from this pulpit that you got to be ready. Hey Amen. I said you got to have the Holy Ghost. You got to have the oil in your vessel. You got to have the fire lit. Hey Amen. You can't just say, I'll wait till tomorrow. I'll wait till Sunday. I'll wait till next month. You got to get the fire burning tonight. There's a fire. There's a fire that God will reveal himself in. I'm preaching here tonight. On the day of Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost, turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. Don't worry, I'm not done preaching. I've got, I've got a lot to preach here, but I'm going to preach until God's done preaching. In Acts chapter 2, we find that on the day of Pentecost, God chose fire to reveal himself in the power of the Holy Ghost. Hold your reference there in Acts chapter 2. In Luke 24, verse 46, he said, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. So repentance... So we've preached that you've got to turn from sin, ask God to forgive you, and then it says the remission of sins. How do you get the remission of sins? It's through water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. What remits our sins is the blood of Jesus. Jesus Christ did not go to a cross. Jesus Christ did not hang on a cross for us to celebrate him one time a year. But thank God for the blood that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Oh, thank God for that precious blood that still flows from Calvary. Thank God for the blood, amen, that cleanses me again today from this unrighteous life, amen, that I live in, that I deal with my flesh, I deal with my thoughts, I deal with, oh yeah, you're going to deal with it till the day you die. But thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. No, he doesn't give us a license just to go out and live any old way. But the blood cleanses us so that we can live without the condemnation of sin. It takes that heavy load that we've been carrying. It takes that heavy load and it remits it. Amen. It washes it away. It's gone. Thank God for the blood. And he said, Behold, I send the promise in verse 49. Everyone say the promise. The promise of my Father. You know, when something is a promise, it's always a promise. And it's not 
a one-time promise. It is a promise that is unto you, to your who? Children, to those that are afar off, even as many as our Lord our God shall call. You say, I've heard someone call me Pastor Character. You know what? You have. <laughs> you have heard the voice of God saying, hey, I want you to serve me. I've called you by name. I've called you with a holy calling. I have called you out of darkness. I have called you my people. I have called you by my name. I have called, God has called you when God calls you he doesn't do it one way or one time but the call of God is without repentance can I tell you whoo, this is powerful right here God doesn't change his mind God doesn't change his mind. Oh, no. I believe that uh, you can read in the Bible where judgment was diverted. But God didn't change his mind about what the sin was. But can I tell you that God doesn't change his mind about salvation? This gospel of the kingdom will be preached this gospel of the kingdom, this good news shall be preached in all the world. You know what's happening is the good news is being preached. Hey, you don't have to keep on living that way anymore. You can live above sin. You can live outside. Hey, man, of that old life that you lived in, and God will give you a new life. He'll give you a new soul. He'll give you a new heart. He'll give you a clean mind. Oh, I'll write that my laws on the table of their heart. God does heart surgery on us. Think about that. God takes that heart that's black with sin and stony and hard and he says I'm going to give him a brand new heart of flesh. You know what happens with a heart that grows hard? is if you don't get a heart transplant, if you don't get heart bypass surgery, you die. Amen. Because they used to call it in the old days hardening of the arteries. And it wasn't just because that artery grew hard, but it was because there was plaque. Amen. It was because there was things that was causing that artery to clog off. And it would literally become hard from the inside out. And God said, I'm going to take that old hard heart of sin and I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm a little bit off. Amen. Right now, 
the fire. But I'm telling you, that's how God does heart surgery on you is by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's by when he fills you with his spirit, he takes that old heart out and gives you a brand new heart. He takes that old hardness and he makes it to where you can feel again, where you can have that relationship again with God. Listen to this beautiful story. In Exodus 13, the children of Israel, God had delivered them out of Egypt. They were fresh, amen, delivered, freshly delivered. They were brand new. They weren't slaves anymore. They were born again because they had just come through the water. They had just come through the the water. Listen to this. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them the way. And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. To go by day and night. And he took not away. Listen to this. He took not away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. You know what that's telling me? Hey man, is that when God put that fire in their life, it didn't matter how dark the night was out in that desert, it was a light. It was like daytime. They could see. Oh, I'm preaching to you tonight. Amen. I'm preaching to you right now. Amen. That there is a fire that will light the night in your life. There is a fire of the Holy Ghost that'll change your life. You'll never be the same. When God touches you for the first time, you'll never be the same. When you feel the power of the Holy Ghost come down in your life, your life will be changed forever when the Holy Ghost fills you no longer will you be the same person God doesn't take the Holy Ghost away oh I said my God doesn't take the Holy Ghost away when he gives you the Holy Ghost it's yours amen the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance when God fills you with his spirit you've got the Holy Ghost Take care of it. Come on, let's clap our hands to the Lord right now. Oh, hallelujah. I'm preaching to you about the fire of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I said the fire of the Holy Ghost. But where is the lamb. Where's, you say, where's God at in my life? People are searching. They're looking. They're on every type of technology, every type of social media, trying to gain acceptance. And you know what? God loves you. God punches your like button every day. He said, hey. He pushes your button every day. 
Think about this. God says, well, here's my son. And here's my son. I'll pick on these guys up here. I won't mess their hair up tonight. And this world stumbling through life. Dealing with spirits of suicide. Dealing with spirits of depression. Because they don't have enough confidence. This world, you know what? My confidence is in Jesus Christ. My hope is in Jesus Christ. If nobody in this world loves me, I know one that loves me. I said, I know one that laid down his life for me so that I could live. I know one, oh yeah, we read that sign, some gave all and all gave some. But Jesus Christ, he laid down his life for you. And he laid down his life That blood that ran off of Calvary, it ran all the way back to Adam. Did you know Adam was on earth as a human? He was the original sinner. Satan sinned from the beginning. God kicked him out of heaven. There ain't no hope for him. But Adam, he made a mistake. And he said, If I can somehow right the wrong. From his mistake, one of his sons became a murderer. One of his sons dead in a cold grave. And his third son, he said, somehow I've got to right the wrong. And the Bible tells us that man began to call upon the name of the Lord. Can I tell you something? That if you're going to right the wrong, you've got to start calling on the name of Jesus. Jesus, I've got to have your help. Jesus, oh yeah, oh Saul, he was going to down the Damascus road. He was going to kill the saints. Amen, at Damascus, and God struck him down. And he said, Jesus, he said, Lord, who art thou? And he said, I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. When you start calling on the name of Jesus, amen, you get God's attention. Jesus, I've got to have some help. Amen, the word of God tells us that Philip and the eunuch, when they, when they, he said, hey, I've got to be baptized. And they came to a place of water. And Philip said, here is water. What doth hinder you to be baptized? And the Bible says they went down into the water calling upon the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm preaching to you that when you start calling upon Jesus Christ, you get his attention. You've got God's attention. God said, hey, I hear somebody that's crying out to me, that's calling out to me. Can I tell you tonight that that same God that I'm preaching about, he's here tonight to help you. He loves you and he wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Where is the lamb? 
Ethan, come on. Where is the lamb? Where's the sacrifice? Where's the sacrifice? Where's the sacrifice? I'm going to ask it on two, two levels. Are you willing to be the sacrifice? Oh, I'm not talking about physical death. I'm talking about dying out to that old life and saying, God, here I am. God, I give you my all. What would happen if God would deal with you tonight and say, hey, will you give me your all? I don't have a lot to offer, but will you give me your all? Before I go on to the Lamb and God in the church. Years ago, an evangelist came through here and he said when he was in college, they were in a chapel service. And an evangelist preached in that chapel service about giving and selling out and giving by faith. People began to bring money to the altar. He said that he didn't have any money to give. He was a college student. And he had a trumpet that he played very beautifully. And he brought his trumpet to the altar and he laid it on the altar. And he gave it. There was a young man from Africa and he had nothing save the clothes that he wore, the school books that he had. And he said, I watched as that young man walked down the aisle. He didn't have anything to give. And so he sat down on the altar and he laid himself down on the altar as a gift to God. And he said, God, this is what I'm giving you. You know, really, that's what God requires of all of us. He, God doesn't need money. He doesn't need fame. He doesn't need anything. He's God. But what he wants is you. What he wants is you. And so if we go to the word of God, we find in Revelations chapter 1, and I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. John, the revelator, if you've ever read the book of Revelations, the first chapter opens with a man that was a martyr. They had taken John and boiled him in oil. They literally french fried this man. I don't say that to get a laugh out of you. But they literally put him in oil. The Bible, history tells us that they boiled him. And he didn't die from that, from that torture. And so they put him 
on an isle called Patmos. And there he lived out the rest of his life. And from that isle of Patmos, he wrote the book of Revelations that God revealed to him. And the word of God tells us that God spoke to him. And he said, I am the first and the last. And then it goes to verse 12. And he said, I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. You'll have to understand that these seven golden candlesticks are representatives of the churches. But what do golden candlesticks represent? They represent fire or light. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks or in the midst of the fire, one like unto the Son of Man clothed with a garment down to the foot, girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. Can I tell you where the lamb was at? He was right in the middle of the churches. Can I tell you tonight where God resides right now? He's right in the middle of the church. You say, yeah, I feel God in here. God, this is God's house. But the church is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Where is he at? He's in you. In the power of the Holy Ghost. I want to ask you tonight, has the fire of God got your attention? Has God spoke to you out of the fire? Has God filled you with his spirit yet? Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Have you been washed in the blood of the Lamb? I want to tell you, tonight's the night. Today is the day. Let's all stand. Let's lift our hands. Let's come to the altar. Let's bring our friends to the altar. Come on, the Holy Ghost is here right now. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. Where's the lamb at? Are you the sacrifice tonight? Would you give yourself to the Lord and say, God, I sell out. God, I give you my all. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's fine. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.